Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool surface from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. What's up, everybody? Another news episode. Get paid for your pet. Today, co-hosting with David Jacoby. And of course, he is the co-founder and president of Hostly. David, how's it going? Hey, Jasper. It's great. Great to be here. Thanks again for having me. I feel like it's it's been a long time since I talked to you. Probably about a month. Mm. Yeah, it feels like a long time. It's great to reconnect. I missed you, Jasper. Uh, uh, That's nice to hear. I wish I could say the same. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was pretty mean. Ouch. You know what? Let's let's. uh, I have a funny story to to share, and it kind of leads into our first uh, topic of today. So I think I mentioned before that I, I I'm a member of this uh, this app called JetSmarter, and it's it's kind of like a an Airbnb for private jets. So you you pay like a yearly membership fee, and then you get to use private jets. Fancy, bas- fancy. Bas- basically, non like as much as you want for a year. I don't know how they do it, but anyway, there's as a flight from London to Moscow. So I figured I've never been to Moscow. Let's jump on this flight. Turns out it's a big jet. It's a 12-people jet. It's a Legacy 600. And there's only one other person on the flight who's some, some uh, Russian dude. So I get on the flight. You know, it's, it's obviously like really, you know, really amazing uh, aircraft. And we sit at this table. There's unlimited champagne. So I'm like drinking champagne with this Russian guy. And we're, uh, we're chatting about Moscow and stuff. But then I arrive and uh, I get an Uber. And, you know, my phone doesn't work in Russia. And so I have, I rented an Airbnb. So how did you get the Uber? Well, because they had, they had Wi-Fi at the airport. Ah. So I got the Uber. Somebody helped me also with it. And I figured I just, uh, I just give the taxi driver the telephone number of my host. Now the taxi driver doesn't speak any English. So I get into the Uber and, you know, it all goes well. I get to the right street. Because I, I could read, I, I learned a little bit of Russian so I can read the alphabet that they have. And we're on the right street, but, you know, it's dark. It's almost midnight. I arrive very late. The, the taxi driver doesn't speak any English and I don't know where to go. You know, the, the taxi driver stops. And so I tell him uh, to call the the host and the host picks up the phone and they start arguing in Russian. And in a very unfriendly way, you know, the guy is getting really upset and he's yelling in the phone. And, and I'm thinking like, whoa, what's going on? It's, you know, it should be quite easy for two Russian people to figure out where we need to go. Next thing I know is like he starts driving again. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, what's, you know, what am I doing? 
And then he stops again. He calls the lady again. And they, they start fighting and arguing. And this guy at some point looks just so pissed off. I think he's going to kick me out of the car. And I'm in the middle of Moscow. My phone doesn't work. I don't have any rubles. I don't speak Russian. I've never been to the city. It's midnight. <laughs> what am I going to do? And then finally, the woman shows up. And she she shows me the apartment. And it's all good. But, you know... There's an interesting uh, problem when you travel a lot, which is that, you know, in a lot of countries, your your phone just doesn't work or it's incredibly expensive. You know, the roaming charges are, are just insane sometimes. And Airbnb is thinking about the solution for this. So I really appreciate what they're uh, what they're thinking about. They, they want to get a, a patent for a little device that you can use that connects you to the most important information that you need as a traveler worldwide without having any cell network access or Wi-Fi or whatsoever. And it's going to allow you to just download your trip information like maps, messages, just kind of like the essentials, the bare necessities that you need when you arrive in a, in a new country. And so I think that's a great idea. Wow, Jasper. Well, first of all, it sounds like an exciting story, and I'm glad you uh, made it to your place okay, and you can enjoy Moscow now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am enjoying Moscow, by the way. Awesome. Yeah, it seems pretty interesting, that announcement that they made, and this really falls in line with what Airbnb's been talking a lot about lately on expanding beyond just homestays. Of course, trips is their biggie, and they've been talking about doing airfare and uh, different modes of transportation. And now they're moving into the hardware space and seems like they're kind of going to the areas that Facebook and Google and Apple and some other tech companies are are trying to uh, play around with. So it'll be interesting to see how they start competing in this new area for them. It makes sense, too, with regards to having local information and being able to access that while you're traveling. So it kind of falls in line with their their larger message. And this is actually on a smaller level, something that I deal with on a pretty regular basis with Hostfully, where we're talking about sharing important local information and, and hosts struggle with that because they oftentimes have guests from other countries and they're not able to access their Airbnb app, which still, even though it's an app that you're downloading, it, not all the stuff is saved offline. So you need to have Wi-Fi or, or a data plan. So oftentimes people will send PDFs or, you know, just send all the information in, e in an email so the guests can have that. So this will make this easier and cooler and uh, just more accessible. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a while back, Brian Chesky did this Twitter chat. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. I, I think we uh, talked right about Christmas. it. Yeah. We talked about it a few months ago. You know, I, I really get the impression that he's very serious about just figuring out what the most annoying problems are in the travel space and 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 basically trying to solve those which is uh which i think i think is really cool right the most recent tweet he made i think about was about flying and something along the lines of what if it wasn't the most painful part of a trip but rather the most exciting part of a trip or something like that so we'll see where he's headed with that yeah, you know, I actually tweeted him uh, a few weeks ago because I had this crazy idea when I uh, boarded the plane, and you know, I was uh, I had a window seat, but I was in the in the last boarding group, and so when I entered the plane, almost everybody was already sitting, but then two people had to stand up, block the hallway for me to to get into my window seat, and so I was thinking, what if we board all the window seats first, and then the middle seats, and then the aisle seats? 
Yes, very clever. I like that. Makes sense to me. So I hope he he saw my tweet and he didn't respond. So, well, we'll see where they go with this. And if I understand it correctly, it it actually is a hardware device. So it's is it an, a whole new phone that they're getting into, or separate from the phone, or is it eventually just going to be software that you can install on any phone that you have? Uh, so I still think there's a lot of outstanding questions with this patent application. Very early stages. Absolutely. But uh, I, I definitely like the idea. I'm not very technical. I don't understand how all this stuff works. But uh, but if you can make it happen, then it's uh, it's really cool. But let's get into the next item. So I know that something very important has happened in San Francisco. And I, I'm sure yeah. you know all about this. Yes. Hot off the press yesterday, they made a big announcement that Airbnb and HomeAway just settled with the city of San Francisco uh, regarding a law and that was passed a while ago and then a, a lawsuit after that. And basically, I'll tell the joke in a minute, but the punchline is you must be registered to be listed on Airbnb. You must be a, a legally registered host with the city of San Francisco. And that will go into effect in eight months, it seems. So backing up a little bit, as, as some people know, San Francisco has been a kind of hotbed for legislation around home sharing and some registration, some laws were passed uh, about three years ago now that allowed for home sharing to be legal. You have to live where you share your home. So if you own a second vac vacation home here in San Francisco, you can't rent that out on short-term rentals on a full-time basis. You must live there and you can rent it out as much as you want if you're hosted, if you're living there, and for 90 days a year unhosted. So if you're traveling over the summer, you could rent your whole place out. So an additional law was passed last year that basically said Airbnb would be fined if they list listings that aren't registered. And Airbnb said, hold on one second, we're just a platform. We're no different from Craigslist and we can't be held liable if there are illegal listings on our site. And essentially, the judge ruled differently. Uh, the judge said that because Airbnb is taking a part of the financial transaction, they are different from Craigslist, and therefore, they can be liable, and they do need to do some of the enforcement. And basically, he told Airbnb and San Francisco, you guys go to a room and figure it out. So for about half a year now, it's been under mediation. And finally, they came out with an agreement. Basically, the city won in a big way in that they must be registered to be on the site. So right now, there's about 2,100 registered hosts in San Francisco. And there's anywhere from eight to 10,000 listings on Airbnb. So over the next eight months, there's going to be a lot more people that are going to get registered, which is really good news. And then there will also be a lot less listings on Airbnb, most likely, because not everyone will get registered. What also must happen now is Airbnb needs to provide the city on a monthly basis with sufficient information to allow the city to verify that the unit is in fact registered. So not exactly sure what all those details are, but Airbnb will be sharing some information to the city um, to help with this enforcement. This seems similar, Jasper, to what was done in Chicago. I know that they've helped with the registration process in Chicago, and it seems like Airbnb and HomeAway will be helping that too. So if I go to Airbnb, I want to be a host, I can now sign up and register through 
Airbnb's website or through some third party website that they're allowing uh, versus having to actually go in to uh, the civic center government building and, and have to register in person. So they will be streamlining the process. And that's good news. All right, I'll take a breather, Jasper. How does how does all that sound right now? <laughs> well, first of all, I remember I was in San Francisco last year and I interviewed somebody from the Home Share Democratic Home Sharing Club, Bruce Bennett, and he showed me the process that right. you know of getting registered and I looked at it and I was like, wow. You know, I, I, so I'm not surprised that not everybody registered because it's a, you know, it's a pretty complicated process that they come up with. So I think it's really good that uh, Airbnb is uh, facilitating and making it easier for hosts to get registered because I'm pretty sure that a lot of hosts don't have a problem with registering. But, you know, if you make it really hard, if you make people go to City Hall and fill, it, fill out all these different forums and applications and God knows what, then, yeah, a lot of people aren't going to do it. So I think it's a, it's, it's a good move. Yeah, it will be interesting to see this big gap right now. Again, there's 2,100 registered hosts in San Francisco and around 8,000 or so listings on Airbnb. So in eight months from now or nine months, a month after things go into effect, it'll be real interesting to see how many listings there are. Some haven't registered because it's a pain. And I'm sure there are many who haven't registered because they they can't. Many of them are probably renters and it goes against their lease with their landlord and they're probably doing it under the radar and don't want to get caught. And as part of the registration process, the landlord actually gets a letter that that unit has been registered for, for short-term rentals or applied uh, for short-term rentals. So uh, we'll see how big a, a number that is and how things change. For those who are acting legally, uh, like myself here in San Francisco, the I guess the good news is that there will most likely be a significant amount less listing. So the, the, the price, the, the supply is less, so the, the, the price will go up. So those that are acting legally will be able to charge a little more. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people will get more bookings as well, I, I guess. You know, it's also interesting because I think the good thing about this is also it motivates people who are renting to, instead of doing it under the radar, to actually discuss these things with their landlord and come to some like a win-win situation because i think in a lot of situations it's not actually that bad for the landlord to have a renter who does airbnb because you know if you're renting on airbnb you need to make sure that the place is clean you need to make sure that the place is well maintained you know that's a lot better than if you have somebody in your house who's who lives there and basically doesn't doesn't uh, mind living in the pixel and, and makes a big mess. Yes, for sure. We've talked about this before. Oftentimes people who do home sharing, they keep their place cleaner. So you would think a landlord would want their their tenants to be able to do that. So it'll make it easier for them to stay. They don't need to have a month or two where their, their places, uh, they're not collecting rent because they have a, a high churn in tenants. Um, so it's good to have tenants that are happy, that are able to afford to stay there and that are keeping the place clean. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. 
Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Some other things about the new settlement, the new agreement, I wonder if there will be any unintended consequences out of this. For example, will there be a rise in Craigslist now? Well, a lot of these listings, a lot of these renters, they'll be kicked off Airbnb, but that doesn't mean they'll stop doing short-term rentals. So now they might just go to other platforms that aren't being regulated as much. They'll be going to Craigslist, for example, and there's other bookings platforms. And what happens with that now? One is there's less monitoring of that, you know, with Airbnb, if there's a problem, you can call Airbnb and they will do their best to help settle it to varying degrees of success, but still better than nothing. Additionally, there's a lot less tax money that's being collected. Right now, Airbnb is, for every reservation, they're collecting the hotel tax, the TOT tax, and remitting it to the city, even if the the host isn't registered. Every reservation, they collect a tax and pay it to the city. Now, all these reservations are going to other platforms and tax is not being collected. So the city will possibly be losing money with this. So we'll see what else uh, results out of having more legally registered people on Airbnb, what's going to happen to these other bookings platforms. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of people will go to the other platforms and I think either two things will happen. One, the city will, uh, will strike a similar deal with the other platforms or they won't. And then Airbnb and HomeAway are probably going to complain about it. Right. One significant difference is with places like Craigslist, they are protected legally where they can say, we are just a platform. We have nothing to do. We're not responsible for what's being put up on our site. And the difference with Airbnb is that they're actually collecting a commission. They're, you know, they're getting that fee from both the host and the guest. So the judge said you are involved and you do have a role in this and, and you must regulate. You must help uh, them comply with the law. But Craigslist doesn't collect any money. So they are they fall outside that jurisdiction. So it'll be a harder case for the city of San Francisco or anyone to go after Craigslist and say they must regulate and make sure only registered people are listed on the site. Right. And I guess Craigslist is the only one because all the other platforms like Booking.com, TripAdvisor, Expedia, uh, Nine Flats, Flipkey, all those other ones, they, right. they all take part of the transaction as well, which is interesting because I remember when I started living in the US, you know, there's two things that surprised me about the US. Number one, that they still use checks, like written checks. Mm. And number two, that people use Grexless. And that was like almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people still use Grexless. And I guess maybe uh, people start using it more if uh, if, the sh if a lot of the short-term rentals are also going to uh, reside on that platform. We'll see. Uh, one final thing about this, too, what's been going on in San Francisco after the original legislation was passed about four years ago, three years ago, there's been more regulation that's been tried to get passed. There's been a ballot initiative, the famous Prop F that got voted down. There was one law that did get passed that the mayor vetoed, another one that did get passed that the mayor signed. So there's been a lot of uncertainty and, and instability. And I think that scared a lot of people from wanting to register because they're not 
not sure what's going to happen next. So hopefully this settlement, everyone can take a deep breath and chill for a little and let this go into to effect and uh, not have more laws try to be passed, putting more caps in place and other stuff like that. Once this goes into effect, then maybe we can look at small tweaks to, to really help home sharing and help the city as opposed to the kind of punitive laws that have been tried to be put in place lately. For example, one thing that I think would be great for both San Francisco and other cities that are dealing with this is to have like a 30-day waiver essentially where if you want to be a host, give it a try. You can you can host for 14 days or for 30 days without having to register and go through all the hoops of of dealing with the city, you know, business license and stuff like that. Give it a try. See if you like it. You can do it for 14 days. You can do it for 30 days. And then if you want to do it more, then you need to register. Sounds like a fair deal. By the way, one last question. You mentioned the 90 day rule for unhosted hosts. Is Airbnb going to enforce that as well or not? I believe so. So if are they going to they're going to enforce who's registered or not, actually. So my understanding is they're going to say if the if the host is registered or not. And then I still think the host needs to respond on a quarterly basis to the city as to how many nights were hosted and how many nights were unhosted. I don't know if Airbnb, how well they're themselves are able to actually track if the host slept in their home or not. So right now, how it works is it's kind of an on your honor system uh, where the host is uh, providing that information on a quarterly basis to the city. Okay, so they're not doing what they're doing in uh, Amsterdam and London, for example, where they literally just put a lock on your calendar after you've hosted for a certain amount of days. Well, that's because I think the law is different, right? The law in Amsterdam is you can only host for 90 days, period. And in San Francisco, you can host for the whole year if you're living there right but so the thing in amsterdam is if you list your place as an entire home then the calendar gets a lock after after 60 days but if you list it in a private room then you can rent out the whole year because then they assume that you're a hosted host gotcha so it's how you list it on their site as whether it's a private place or not oh that's interesting too uh so we'll see how that happens because many people here have places that are listed as private, but it's not an actual legal second unit. It's just kind of like a extra extra room in the basement that has a private entrance so they can list it as private. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it uh, in another episode, but let's quickly dive into a few of the other news items. One interesting item is about, uh, th- so there was this anti-Airbnb ad that I think was financed by that group that is that hotel lobby group that's or organization. I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, who are trying to get more uh, regulation, this affordable housing advocacy group share better. I think it's uh it's mostly the, the hotel lobbyists who are in there. They had this ad where this very emotional woman was talking about her her neighborhood doesn't feel anymore like the place where she grew up and, and raised her children you know there's this airbnb renters have filled the neighborhood with strangers and you know this this whole like horror story and then it turned out that this woman who was in the ad was actually an actor i mean in the in the ad she's talking about washington dc and acostia and it turns out she actually lives in uh, new york city so I mean, it's pretty funny. 
Yes, it, it can show you how how sleazy uh, the other side can can be sometimes. So Share Better DC, they're a um, kind of division, I guess, of the larger Share Better umbrella. Share Better started in New York, and they were funded by the hotel groups, hotel association primarily, as a way to combat home sharing in New York. And then they branched off into San Francisco, actually, and they've been a part of a big part of the Prop F from a few years ago and other anti-home sharing uh, initiatives here in San Francisco. So I guess they've expanded into other areas, too, including D.C. So it's funny that they are trying to be all authentic and showing this local person who's complaining about the bad impact on home sharing on their neighborhood. And sure enough, it's someone that they hired, an actress from New York. Yeah, it's pretty silly. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and that has to do with the racial discrimination that has been apparently taking place on the Airbnb platform. I think Airbnb is very worried about this because it's very bad uh, media. It's very bad uh, publicity for them. And so they, you know, they've already been doing a lot to try, you know, sort of try and encourage hosts to, you know, to not discriminate. But now they've gone a step further where the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has reached an agreement with Airbnb to monitor whether some house on the platform act with racial or other forms of bias when choosing guests. And basically what they're going to do is under the agreement, there will be screenings and this only applies to hosts with three or more listings, which is uh, about uh, 6,000 hosts in, uh, in California. And they're basically going to create fake accounts with different racial, like people with different racial backgrounds. And then they're going to like request to stay at places and see if the hosts are discriminating. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that falls in line with normal housing laws and practices here. So for them applying it to short-term rentals in addition to long-term rentals, it isn't that big of a, a step for the Department of Fair Employment and Housing to do that. It's interesting because we've talked about this before. There was a famous study by a Harvard professor that showed that blacks were 16% less likely to be accepted. And I think this is good. Airbnb, Brian Chesky made a whole big deal about this is something that we're attacking, that we're tackling. And, uh, you know, maybe we're a little late to the party, but this is a very important issue. Uh, so it makes sense for them to be in compliance with this and to be supporting them, you know, on a technical basis. I think it's illegal and not illegal. It's against the terms of service for Airbnb if you create multiple accounts. So, uh, you know, they're obviously lifting that to allow for the department to set up multiple accounts and to be able to do these tests. And uh, it only applies to a small fraction, as you said, 6,000 out of 76,000 listings in California, for example. So that's about 7, 8%. And also of that, only those that have received discrimination complaints. So that's going to be even significantly less than that. So I think it's good they're doing this. Yeah, I think it's definitely good that they're only doing it uh, for people who have complaints. I think they have to be very careful, though, because, you know, when you, as a host, when you look at the profile of somebody who, who wants to book your place. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that uh, that you take into account, right? And so I think they have to be careful that they're not basing their conclusions on like, you know, one or two booking requests because, there, you know, there could be other reasons uh, other than a race that, you know, people choose to decline certain requests and approve certain requests. 
That's true. So the devil's in the detail here. And if they are able to have multiple accounts and they can basically have everything be the same except the name or accept a picture and both be applying for a certain date, there's some, you know, fairly easy ways to show that it, there aren't these outside factors why the host is saying no, but it really is because of yeah. discrimination reasons. I think they call that ceteris paribus in Latin. All other things being equal. Awesome. All right. Look at you, Jasper. I think that was a pretty smart way to end this episode. <laughs> All right, David. Well, thanks a lot for joining me today. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I will talk to you again in four weeks. Fun stuff, Jasper. Let's do it again. And sorry, I'm uh, missing you in San Francisco for the big trade fair that we have coming up on May 18th. We already have over 20 vendors for that, including HomeAway and Airbnb uh, and HostWell as platinum sponsors. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We'll miss you. I was hoping to do a live episode, but we'll have to do a live episode another time next time you're in San Francisco. Absolutely. And I will be in San Francisco this summer. So I can. Awesome. So I look forward to uh, staying in your lovely bedroom. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, David. And thanks for all the listeners. Guest bedroom, that is. Guest bedroom, yes. I would not want to share a bed with you. You snore way too loud. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll uh, see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.